0: The story story. of a girl.
1: You You can't start it
0: like that. It is. It's a classic. It's a generational nexus.
1: Generational nexus.
0: (laughs) 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 Every so often, I need to come out with these things to remind people that I actually am intelligent, and that, as one person suggested, my alma mater didn't just let anybody in. Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) <laughs> let's generational not talk about, Nexus.
1: Let's not talk about the UNH like that.
0: I know uh, hey, I mean Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I mean they um, were shit wall to wall, but <laughs> 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 at least they let in decent people. That's 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 saying a lot because that's assuming that all of them had walls that weren't gonna cave in at any Ooh. second. <sighs> Rough, it was a rough time. It was a We're rough never area. getting asked back,
1: anyway. Going now to the podcast. Um, first quarantine check in day
0: 30,832 and 832. Yeah, so that, um, numbers don't matter. Time is a construct, nothing's real. Yeah, I got increased hour well not really increased hours. We got a more solidified
1: schedule at work now. So now I'm in like 3 days a week for the
0: whole summer. So, I was supposed to start going back in next week. I'm maybe going back in next month.
1: <sighs> this is some rough <laughs> shit. Oh, and that's another thing um because everybody has been um relying so much on like this new schedule that everyone is is clinging to to keep themselves sane during this. So we are very sorry about last week's episodes <sighs> audio issues.
0: You have uh, no idea.
1: There was oh, a fumble. God. There was an audio fumble and um it should be by now it should be corrected on all platforms. It is 1000% corrected on Spotify and Podbean. 100,000%. Yes. I've triple checked um like um I don't have an iphone so i don't really listen on itunes or apple podcasts or whatever it is
0: um but if it's not working
1: it's technically apple podcasts
0: yeah they changed it people people up in apple get pissy now i don't know but yeah um and apple podcasts those were the two that were giving us shit
1: yeah um sometimes it'll take a little while for the the Uh, feed to update after you've replaced an audio file so if things are still not working just let us know that was last week's episode the eileen mournos episode um so let us know and we'll try to get in contact with those platforms and see what their
0: deal is though the amount of jokes about me talking to myself were too real a plus a plus And I would know because 99% of them came from me because I have zero respect for myself. It was I was like,
1: Caitlin's talking to herself, which time?
0: Yes, exactly. Or my favorite (laughs) was on Facebook and I left it up because there was, I needed to shame myself. I... Thought I was responding as us to Nicole, one of our listeners, and I was like, Caitlin always talks to herself. And then I happened to, like, see that I got a laugh react, and I was like, I'm funny. I'm not that funny. I am when I'm Facebook commenting from my own account and not from the crime culture talking account. Talking in the third person. And so I was like, she also talks in the third person when she's talking about her talking about herself. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Um, oh, God. But- Uh yeah, so that's gonna be uh, an oopsie that hopefully never (laughs) happens again. Um, Yell at Elliot. That's all I gotta say.
0: Don't yell at him, but just Uh, yeah, you can yell. Send him Um, some. Send him some hate mail. Send him some mail. (laughs) Yeah, right. Just mail. Period. Boy, is starved for attention.
1: (laughs) Um. So this week I teased at the end of last week's episode. If you heard it, um. (laughs) (laughs) but this week is a wild case um I remember originally hearing about it and being like that can't possibly be true and I will preface now there are elements that are like questioned by um people by journalists by people who are involved in the case so I am giving (laughs) the story that um I heard in uh, various articles and also from the um, perpetrator themselves in a documentary about themselves. So if he's lying, he could be (laughs) lying. I mean... And it is possible. He's not a great dude, so he could be lying about the whole thing for attention. But this is the case that I just... I couldn't not talk about it. And there's a really cool pop culture um iteration that came out of it. So And that's why we're here is, really. Yeah. I'm not even gonna talk about the pop culture yet because I don't know if you know it. So uh if anyone knows based on just the person's name, congratulations, but we're gonna keep it quiet for a second. So this is the story of John Wodowitz. I'm saying Wodowitz Wodowitz? Wodowitz. Yes. I'm saying that because that is how he pronounces his last name. He okay. is he has a Polish father and Italian-American mother, so, uh, and he grew up in New York, so I think the pronunciation is more coming from the Italian-American New York uh, pronunciation of his name. And, it's, and the
0: Polish. And the Polish.
1: Well, it's spelled... You would be surprised. <laughs> it's spelled W O J T O W I C Z. W
0: W-O-J- O so, J T O. W i c z, W i e z, c z, c z. So he pronounced Woj-Toy. it Wojtus. Okay, because I went to high school with the kid who was Polish, and his last name was Wojitas. Similar, not quite the same, but the Woj is there, and it was Wojtas. Oh, okay. Well, or as we all called him, Chris W. Yes. That's the easy way.
1: That's the easy way out.
0: <laughs> Terrible. Um,
1: so John Modowitz was born March ninth, 1945, as the second of three sons, like I said, to a Polish father and an Italian American mother. His mother, Terry, said, quote, when he was a kid, he was good. He was no trouble, went to school. When he started playing baseball, he'd go every day. He'd play around the corner and he never hung out with he never hung out in the streets or anything like that. The service screwed him up. Whatever happened, I don't know. End quote. Mm. I'll, get to, I'll touch back on his time in the service in a second. But okay. after he graduated um, high school, Wodowitz started working at uh, Chase Bank, where he met his future wife, Carmen uh, Bilfoco. And remember this uh, little detail that he worked at a Chase Bank.
0: I will, because that's my bank. Perfect. Feel free um, to make a deposit on my behalf. <laughs>
1: The two dated until Wodowitz was drafted to serve in the United States Army and was posted to Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Ooh, fuck. Um, In the documentary that I got a lot of this information from, it's called The Dog. I'll talk about it later. I think it's a very good documentary. Um, He talks about how he was um, more Republican-leaning, so he was... um, very gung-ho about like defending his country going to the war very pro-war at this point point. and then once he was in the war and like i think he talked about like one um one time he went out with a lot of his uh other service members and they were attacked and half of his uh group was lost and he talked about at that point he was like why are we even here like we're just used as like bait pretty much like yeah this is this is useless so he became uh he kind of flipped after being in the service to be like all right this is not what i thought it was um this is not for me but that, so that's often what happens yeah um as a departure from that during His basic training, uh, Wodowitz had his first gay experience and he continued his sexual relationship with a man he referred to in the documentary as, quote, a hillbilly named Wilbur, end quote. There's a graphic story about his first gay sexual experience uh, in the documentary. I'm going to say multiple times throughout this, like, he seems at some points like he's the hero. He's not a great dude. No, he's not great. Okay. So, and some of the stuff he says is challenging morally. So we'll get to it. Oh, (laughs) fun. Um, Wodowitz married Carmen Bilfoco uh, in 1967 against her family's wishes. They fucking hated him. They thought he was not good for their daughter. I think she was like, she was pretty young at the time. I think she was like 17, 18. Like she was young. Um, Wait
0: a minute. If you know it, don't say it i think i know it okay go on carry on carry on chase bank carry on yes so they
1: had two children together and they separated on june 20th 1969. they didn't get Mm -hmm. divorced they just separated Mm -hmm. um so it was actually after the stonewall riots which if you want to hear our story about the stonewall riots fucking go back to last month for our pride month series Mm -hmm. um so it was after the stonewall riots at the end of june 1969 Wodowitz became active in the gay community and joined the gay activist alliance um he yeah was a member, he did yes he was a member of the entertainment committee so he would greet new people into the community and he said quote i could have sex with them quicker than anybody else because they were just coming out end quote so this is
0: another example of like one of those like ooh, all right maybe mwah, no mwah. <laughs> yeah i had a guy like that in college that i knew and he was that that was gay (laughs) and would prey on newly out freshmen as a freshman himself and it was i don't know this person problematic you definitely don't you definitely don't because he was he he left because so many people started calling him out on it for being predatory Ugh.
1: Well, this guy, Wodowitz was definitely a predator. He starts the documentary The Dog talking about how he is, like, sexually obsessed. Like, he has, like, uh, he calls himself a pervert.
0: Oh, that's Uh, nice. I mean, is it good to be self-aware like that? I don't know. I mean, if that's the case, am I really the piece of shit that I call myself? I don't know, man. It's quarantine. Time to do some (laughs) deep dive into your (laughs) Inner psyche. If a tree falls in the forest, does it even make a sound?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not like he talks about some other challenging things um, revolving around the gay community. He said, "Quote the thing about the gay movement is that it was more sexually driven than anything." End quote. So he was hmm. like, "Yeah, the Stonewall riots want- happened because everyone wanted to have sex." And I'm like, I think there was like other
0: shit going on that maybe that's not
1: right. But I feel like
0: it was more they should they wanted to be treated normally like human beings despite who they had sex with that that shouldn't matter, yeah so, I was like sex was in there, not in the way you're thinking, my friend, yeah, so yeah, again,
1: not great dude um mm. so in nineteen seventy one Wodowitz started to get a little more politically involved in the gay rights movement instead of just like having sex with anything that moved um huh. And he became a key member in the protest at the New York Marriage License Bureau. And this was a protest that like a bunch of people in the Gay Activist Alliance went to the the Marriage License Bureau to basically protest um, gay people not being able to get marriage license or get married so they like stormed the building and it was like it was a big there's footage of it in the documentary so uh it's actually quite entertaining somebody calls up at one point to get like a marriage license and one of the protesters like picks up the phone is like well are you guys gay and the person clearly says like no and then he hangs up on them (laughs) like they couldn't (laughs) get a marriage license
0: so oh the shoe being on the other foot yeah just fun stuff
1: like that so what was it like a big part of this protest Okay. Um, um, Waterwitz met Elizabeth Eden, who was then born Ernest Aaron in partial drag. At uh-huh. that point, you can o- like, we talked about people being only able to do partial drag at that point because you could be arrested for being in full drag. I mean, you could be arrested for being in partial drag. You had to have three items of clothing of your gender on, I think mm-hmm. was the, the rule we talked about in the Stonewall episode. Mm-hmm. So, Elizabeth Eden was in partial drag at this point, and they met at the Feast of San Gennaro in New York City, and this was three days after the marriage license protest. Okay. Um, so they started dating, and Wodowitz would bring Eden a, a dozen red roses almost every time they saw each other, and he would proudly present her as his lover to, like, everyone they met. Like, he was so happy to be with her, like, so proud of her and who she was, um... Good. And then the two had a very public wedding ceremony that December, so they didn't know each other for too long. um They were married by a gay priest in uh what's in a name cafe in the village Love and that. It was ac- yeah, it was across the street from the n y p d six precinct and um again, they say in the documentary that um the the police officers saw a bunch of people like like in wedding outfits and they were they were saying congratulations but didn't get close enough to actually see that like all of the bridesmaids were men in drag and I the bride was the bride was in drag and oh. it was oh uh, and then they, when they finally found out they're obviously like not chill with it
0: oh but to i say love the it. least oh but i love it to be yeah. quite honest i mean there there was a meme going around a while ago and it was a, a collage of maybe nine people and they were like one of these women is actually female and it was all contestants from rupaul's drag race and then for those who watch michelle visage and everybody was naming anybody else but michelle visage in the comments that i read and everybody's going nope not that one nope it's number four yes i'm sure it's number four (laughs) yes it's number four (laughs) no it's not number one that's wild hey i'm telling you shit's shit's beautiful i mean they could do their makeup better than i ever could so more power 100 100 even some drag kings that i knew yeah. just their ability to contour Fucking A, it, maybe. It, it fucked me up oh god damn i um, could never
1: so the Gay Activist Alliance filmed their wedding ceremony for their archives. And um, you can see in the documentary some of the footage. And Wodowitz's mother was even there at the ceremony. Like she supported him, she was there for him. It, like it, they talk that. about it more in the documentary that he is definitely a mama's boy. Like, do I mean, and say anything for her. She worships the ground he walks on. Like, he's an Italian New it, Yorker. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so about, all right, this is when it starts to get a little sketchy. About a month after the two were married, Eden first attempted suicide because Wodowitz was against her pursuing a sex change operation. What? So she was still just dressing in drag at this point, identified as a woman, but still just dressing in drag at this point and wanted to pursue a sex change to be physically, sexually a woman.
0: Hey, your body, Um, your choice,
1: girl. Yeah, but he was not into it, so, um... Bye! In the... Yeah. In the months that followed, Eden became more and more desperate. She would attempt to overdose, she cut her wrists, she put her arms through plate glass window, just because she was so miserable and, like, stuck. Like, she wanted to have this surgery, and her husband was not supportive, um... So, Wodowitz and Eden split up in April 1972 because they could not agree on how to carry on with their relationship because of this issue. Um, On her birthday in August, Eden acquired many pills, both legally and illegally, and took all of them. She lost consciousness, and when she came to, she was in the hospital. Wodowitz tried to get her discharged, but the doctor said that she couldn't leave, and they were going to give her electroshock therapy to, quote, cure her of her delusions, end quote. Because obviously at that time, they thought if you were transgender, you were mentally handicapped in some way. Like you Fuck were that. not in your right mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so let's just electrocute him. That'll help.
1: Yeah. So what could what go wrong. Said,
0: What Watt said?
1: Uh, it was then that he knew that he would have to get eaten out by force. And this is where the crime starts. So, Wodowitz met his accomplices at a bar called Old Jimmy's. And his accomplices were going to be 20-year-old Bobby Westenberg. And he was offered $50,000 to help get Eden out of the psychiatric hospital. And the second person was 18-year-old Sal Naturali, uh, who I think real last name was Masterson. There's like some confusion of that in the the documentary that I didn't really understand. But he's referred to as Sal Natralli in all other articles that I found. Okay. And he was a fugitive from New Jersey.
0: Hey. Aw. Um, <laughs> good old Jersey. Technically, Michael's fugitives. a fugitive from New Jersey. I'm Perfect. a fugitive from Connecticut. We f- <laughs> Anybody fugitive, is is fugitive. Made it all the way to California. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so... Uh, the plan was that they were going to rob a bank, and do you know what movie I'm talking about yet? I don't know the movie, but I know the story. okay, good. So the three men went to go get guns, and then they spent the night at the golden nugget uh motel and In the documentary, just to again illustrate that Wodowitz is not a chill dude. There was some weird, like, sexual rapey story at this point, like, in the documentary. Yeah, not great. So, I'm gonna leave that part out, but definitely know that not great. Still not chill, dude. Yeah, got it. No, no, still not gross. So, intentions may be good, as I will get to, but maybe not. Clouded? Yeah, so... The next day after they left the motel the three of them went to go see the movie the godfather before they went to the robbery and they wanted to get themselves pumped up so in their like in their like robbery note um they at the end it said this is an offer you can't refuse sign the boys because they just got like so into the movie
0: so Um, is that who ghost wrote jean benet's mother's ransom note for her daughter those three guys with all the movie
1: quotes because there, there was more eloquency in that note that this one's.
0: This is years like, later. They had time. They had time to like better their writing styles. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. But their signature would be movie quotes.
1: Yeah. Um, so then they go to some banks. And this is literally like a cartoon because things couldn't go worse. So the first one that they went to, Westenberg and the trolley got out of the car. And, and then there was a large bang. And it's because one of the men had dropped one of the shotguns and it went off just in a busy New York City street as soon as they got out of the car. So obviously everyone looks, so
0: they can't rob that bank. Is Yakety Sachs copywritten? And if not, Elliot, can we put that under this? Yeah, right. Uh, it
1: gets worse, though. Oh, so hey. um, Wodowitz told them you got to get back in the car and then they drove away. And Wodowitz said of this event, quote, all these people are standing there looking at us, but you know, who's going to say anything? Oh, you dropped your shotgun, right? We were gone in the wind, end quote. <laughs> um, so the next bank that they went to, one of Westenberg's mother's friends said hi to them as they were walking in. And she was like, <laughs> she was in the bank. So they were like, Whoa, turn around. No, because uh, then she'll tell my mom. Yeah, exactly. So they were like, oh, we got to pick a different place. So then the next bank that they went to, they d- tried to do a dry run of their like, getaway, and they ended up hitting a car. Yeah. Oh my this god. Is three, ba- three attempts now that they were like, guys, we gotta get our shit together.
0: That's because in comedy, it's the rule of three. Yeah, exactly. We, ne- we, need, we need to laugh at them. Yeah. It's what the universe wanted. Oh my
1: god. Clearly not seasoned professionals at the bank robbery game. Clearly not giving up when they're no. ahead. <clears throat> no. Um, so they didn't want the cops to come and see all the guns that they had in their car so they left like a note on the person's windshield and said that they <laughs> would make it up to them. Because <laughs> if you're going to rob a bank obviously you're going to give some money to the person who, whose car you hit. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. So they finally arrive at the bank that they decided on um, and Westenberg had cold feet so he bailed. So, now they're down to two. Wodowitz and Atrally. Probably smart. Yeah. So, Wodowitz and Atrally continue with their plan, and they enter the Chase Manhattan Bank in Brooklyn with their shotguns out. Hmm. Chase. I Chill. feel so connected. <laughs> yes. Um, so, when they got inside, they told everyone that they were just there for the money, that they would be gone, and no one would get hurt. And within seconds, cops were surrounding the building. Like... All all you have to do in a bank is, like, touch a button, and all of a sudden, like, cops will come. They'll just show up.
0: Yes, exactly. That's the point.
1: Yeah, there's panic buttons in there.
0: (laughs) So... So I did. Oh, go
1: ahead. um, Wodowitz saw this as his opportunity when all of the cops showed up, and um, he said in a phone interview from the bank that they would release everyone if the cops got Eden out of the hospital and brought her to him so that she could be sent to Denmark to have her surgery. He was like, all this can be over if you get her out of the hospital and she can go and have her surgery. And then like, he would surrender everybody. Um, so this turned Wodowitz from a selfish criminal into a selfless husband um, in the eyes of everyone watching on TV, which I will get to in a second because it and became a huge thing. And every girl on Tumblr many yes. years later. Yep, I will get to that. Uh Um, So, but something that might not be in the little articles on Tumblr about this case is (laughs) that, uh, um, he turned into like an, again, a cartoon character and things really went off the rails. So there was a 14 hour standoff. Um, and in that time, the robbers ordered pizza to the, the bank and they were like dropped off to the bank to the hostages. And uh, they started to throw money out of the door of the bank. And um, Daily News reporter Robert Capstadter, uh, who was actually the first person to interview Wodowitz, um, he got into um, the office of the Daily News, and like they had heard that this was like there was a robbery going on, and um, his uh, superiors were like, get information on this. So he was like, let me just call the bank, see what happens. So he yeah. called. He just called the bank, and Wodowitz picked up. And like, that's the first interview of this case is that he just talked to him on the phone of the bank. Um, So he was the first person to get to talk to him about what was going on. And while all this was happening on TV and everything, um, he said, quote, it's the little man against the system. The little man trying to do something good. Banks, who loves banks here? Anybody love a bank? But I don't think he was trying to play the crowd. He was too involved in getting him and Sal out of there alive, end quote. So obviously the robbery was huge news and coverage of it actually replaced president Nixon on TV. Like they cut from like a speech he was doing like to this uh, news footage of this robbery happening.
0: I can only think of one president that that would happen to, and it would be better.
1: Ooh, topical.
0: About on Uh, par with each other.
1: (laughs) Yes. So the scene drew crowds, uh, in the hundreds, along with multiple news crews and tons of police. Like, an overkill of police. And while Natrali stayed in the building with the hostages, Wodowitz kind of became the face of the operation. He was the one that was on camera, the one at the door, like, yelling back and forth to the police pretty much the whole time. Um, There's like, more articles and um, video footage of the actual, like, 14-hour standoff itself. But I'm just going to jump ahead to when the standoff came to an end around, like, 3.30 in the morning. Wodowitz and Natrale demanded a plane at Kennedy Airport and a car to take them there with all of the hostages. The car arrived at the bank with an FBI agent at the wheel And the car carrying the robbers and all their hostages was followed by countless police and family members of the hostages. Uh, I think in the documentary, they say there was a caravan of like 40 cars following them to the airport. And when they arrived at the airport before anyone can get out of the car, um, the two men were charged and there was a scuffle and a was shot and killed. And that's when Wodowitz surrendered. Oh, shit. So, after all that, Wodowitz was taken to the FBI headquarters in New York City and interviewed. According to him, um, the agents didn't believe his reason for robbing the bank. That was to get Eden the sex change. Um, So that's what he put in his confession. And um, since they didn't believe him, he was, I guess, told to confess something else or like he thought he had to make up a story. But the actual confession that he signed Stated that the vice president of Chase Manhattan, uh, told him what to do to rob the bank, so it seemed like this was more of like an inside job type thing. How this many is people the
0: f- does he have involved?
1: Uh, it was him, it was Salnitrale, and it was um, Westenberg who bounced, yeah, bailed, like yeah, like early on. Um. So, after Wodowitz was brought to a federal holding cell, the, poli- the police arrested Westenberg for his involvement. So, obviously, he told them like there was another dude involved in this and he bailed. And, like, they were like, okay, well, he's still complicit in all this. Um, so, at the time, the Gay Activist Alliance wanted to distance themselves from Wodowitz and his actions, obviously. Fair. Fair they thought he was like off the rails and like this wasn't helping their cause having him, uh, be a part of their group and then having like this be part of the press of this robbery saying like, Oh, well he was part of the gay activist Alliance. Well,
0: that doesn't bode well for them. Um, clearly because we're talking about this event on this podcast, they were completely off base.
1: Yeah. Um, There was only one reporter, Andy Wicker, who attempted to learn more by interviewing Bobby Westenberg, Friends of Sal Natralli, and Elizabeth Eden. And um, as they started to get more information, this kind of put Eden's story in the forefront. Like, people were interested as, why why is this guy trying to rob a bank? And he said he was robbing the bank to get money for his lover's uh, sexual reassignment surgery. So people were like, who is this person? So um, she was interviewed a lot, she, had, she was on some like, talk shows and everything, uh, there's footage of it in the, um, in the documentary. Um, so soon, because of how crazy this case was, there was talk about making a movie about the crime, and Wodowitz initially refused to sign the rights, but Eden pleaded with him to go through with it so that she could use the money for her surgery, and Wodowitz agreed. Um, Eden had her sexual reassignment surgery on March 27th, 1973. Shortly after was the last time that she saw uh, Wodowitz for a very long time. They, years later, had um, an interview together. But um, she said that her doctors and therapists agreed that their relationship would not be healthy or helpful and that she needed to move on and start a new life. And about a month later, at the end of April... After going to confession and receiving communion, uh, Wodowitz slit his wrists in the bathroom. He was found unconscious and brought to the hospital. Shortly after, he was brought in for his sentencing. And yeah. it was at this hearing that he made a statement that said, quote, Love is a very strange thing. Some feel it more deeply than others do. I love my wife, Carmen, my son, my daughter, my mother, and I love Ernie, who was Elizabeth Eden right i love all of them i know it was wrong to rob that bank but what is money compared to human life end quote and he talks like very impassioned uh, at this point in the um in the documentary that he like confronted the uh the judge at the sentencing saying like are you married do you love your wife yes well if she needed something wouldn't you do this for her and the judge says like no i wouldn't rob a bank for for something like this and he's like well then you don't fucking love your wife you don't because i did it and like he gets he gets very heated at this point um, kind of making him out to be uh the hero of the story
0: for anybody listening if you find yourself in front of a judge perhaps if you're trying to plead your case also don't say that they don't love their spouse as much as you love yours. Clearly, like let's not insult the person w- who's doing the- determining your fate. Yeah, shall we? Shall, yeah, can we make that like deal? Pinky promise.
1: <laughs> so he was sentenced to 20 years at Lewisburg Federal Pre- Federal Penitentiary, of which he served five years, and in prison, he met a married fellow inmate and jailhouse lawyer George Heath, who he would refer to later on as his wife which was it, his relationships are very confusing to me at this point he's still not fully divorced from his wife Carmen so yeah so in 1978 Wodowitz had his sentence reduced um, Well, and he was released with Heath The two stayed at Wodowitz's parents' apartment, but were threatened to return to jail if they didn't get work. So they're like, you're can, you out, but you have to get work. If you're not working, then you have to go back to jail. And uh, Wodowitz, who, like I said, was a bank teller for eight years, he went to the Chase Manhattan Bank that he robbed to apply to be a security guard. No fucking way. Yeah. And he said that the movie that uh was made about his crime which I'll get to in a second was his reference. No. Yeah. And he reasoned that no one would rob the bank that he was guarding and uh he could sign autographs for people who were opening new accounts.
0: That I was his read pitch. read the room.
1: Yeah. Oh, so no. 3 weeks later he received uh a notice that he was denied. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, clearly i'm surprised Um, it took three weeks and not like a minute (laughs) i (laughs) don't know sorry bye Uh, i didn't write about
1: this in my uh outline but like towards the the end of the uh the documentary he like he like puts on a t-shirt that says i robbed this bank and literally like stands outside the the chase manhattan bank and like will sign autographs to people being like are you the real uh al pacino in the movie and he's like yeah Um, so that's how he kind of, like, bolstered up his fame. Like, he was very proud of himself for everything that came out of his crime. So he John Bobbited himself. Yeah. So, here's the real thing, that if a lot of people have followed this case, or know, like, a lot more about it, or done a ton of research in it, or probably screaming the entire way through... But it's the actual motive of the crime itself. So, some people, including Elizabeth Eden and Village Voice reporter Arthur Bell, believe that Eden's sex change was not the real motive for the robbery. It was said that after Wodowitz and Eden's wedding, he was majorly in debt to the mafia. Oh. So, Eden also said that at the time between the couple's split from their argument and her suicide attempt on their birthday, they were split for like a couple months. Um, Eden said that she had received several threatening notes from Wodowitz counting down the days she had to live, which would have ended uh, around her birthday. So she's like, rather than have him take me out, I was going to do it. So that's why she tried to overdose with pills on her birthday, because she thought he was going to kill her. Fuck! She also said that if she didn't get on the plane with Wodowitz after the robbery, like he had demanded, like he said, like, there should be a plane at Kennedy airport. Like that was the, the the original plan of them getting out of there that he would take her to Denmark to get the surgery. So she said that if she didn't get on the plane with Wodowitz after the robbery to have the surgery, he would have killed her. And he said, he said that he would have killed her. So it, it was either he needed to pay back the mafia or it was more a pride thing at this point. Be like, look what I can give you. I don't know.
0: I don't think but, Vietnam can do all that fucking up in such a short amount of time, relatively. No, he seems like a, a very confusing dude before all yes, of this. His, his mother just seemed to not be paying attention. I guess not. Um.
1: So, sadly, after her sexual reassignment surgery, Eden said that she felt smothered by Wodowitz, obviously because like her story is so intertwined with his at that point. It's like she maybe should feel grateful to him, but she's like, no, I felt like I was too indebted to him that like I couldn't get away. Like I couldn't live yeah. my life.
0: He so made she her feel said, like a prisoner.
1: Yeah, so she said she couldn't enjoy her new life. Um, she started doing sex work and was diagnosed with AIDS and died in Rochester in 1987. Um, Wodowitz attended her funeral and delivered her eulogy. What? So Yeah, so I guess even after death, she
0: can't get away can from shake him. it
1: yeah yeah jesus christ
0: yeah so what
1: in the uh i think there's actually one or two more other documentaries that i don't have on my list but the main one that i got a lot of this information from is from a documentary called the dog and every website i saw said a different release date so it's anytime between 2012 and 2014 i guess
0: it oh, has because sometimes it's like public release versus yeah. like limited release and or all that was bullshit. Like,
1: it was released in one country but not another, so yeah. I don't know exactly when it came out. Sometime in that time frame, it's out. It's out. You can watch it. You can actually watch it for free on Tubi. T u b i. Oh, I know. I love Tubi. Yes, so you can watch it for free there, either online or on your smart TV app, whatever it is. Um, that's how I watched it the rotten tomatoes score is 91%. It's pretty good. Audience score of 69% and a google score of 86%. IMDb 6.5 out of 10. Not bad, not, not bad. Not too bad. No, not I too bad. I thought shabby. it was pretty good. I liked it. I mean, he's a hard person to like. He's a hard person to really like.
0: He's definitely but, a character. Yeah. Yes. If you hear something him, to like think of, to if understand. If you hear him speak
1: He's definitely a character. He's, he's definitely who he is. Oh, um, man. And the critics' consensus says, quote, Fascinating, evocative, and an unconventional in its subject, the dog offers a colorful window into the real-life story behind a classic film. End quote. And that classic film, if you've been uh, playing along, is Dog Day Afternoon, 1975, starring
0: Al Pacino. Wasn't Al Pacino um, in, Godfather, in The Godfather as well? Yes, he was. The movie oh. he watched on the day of the robbery. Yep, yep. just oh, full circle. We love, circle. we stand. Um, also, so oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna um, get into all. The- I was gonna say was that Al Pacino and Arthur Bell also tied in to another case we just <gasps> did, if Which you one? remember correctly.
1: I don't remember anything. In my mind is Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: honestly quarantine will do that to you to to be yeah. to be fully honest um no so a couple of weeks ago we did an episode on hang on i'm pulling it up well caitlin's looking for that um the
1: scores for dog day afternoon it's from 1975 it has a rotten tomato score of 95 percent an audience score of 90 percent google score of 91 percent and an 8 out of 10 on imdv so Almost, like, across all platforms, pretty much universally loved. Everyone liked this movie. (laughs) Critics and audiences, the critics' consensus is, quote, framed by great work from the director, Sidney Lumet, and fueled by a gripping performance from Al Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon offers a finely detailed snapshot of people in crisis with tension-soaked drama shaded in black humor, end quote.
0: Yeah. that's that. That's that. I vaguely remember my dad watching this movie. Yeah. Um yeah. But as I was saying before, so Arthur Bell and Al Pacino share the Paul Bateson story. If you ah, remember, Paul I Bateson remember was the guy portrayed by Al Pacino in cruising and he confessed to Arthur Bell. But um bum.
1: Wow, Al Pacino likes to play serial killers.
0: Gay, well, not serial killers, killers. but gay he criminals, likes to play crime, yeah, crime. LGBTQ criminals, yeah.
1: He also did.
0: He also did when we talked about Jack Kevorkian. He was in "You Don't Know Jack" playing Jack Kevorkian. TBT. Look
1: at him, a true crime fan after my own heart. Look at him. Who would have thought? So, I got not a little me. bit more information on Dog Day Afternoon because it was such a, a phenomenon. A, um, would you call it a? Generational Nexus. A generational <laughs> Nexus, exactly. <laughs> Love that phrase. My new phrase, now So the movie came out while Wodowitz was in prison and he actually petitioned to have it played for all of the inmates. Kind of like to prove a point, because people had been saying for years that they didn't believe him and his like crime and everything, and he's like, No, no, it's real. Look at the movie
0: <laughs> So he was uh, like, like, You better show this fucking movie. <laughs> if if there is I, I can't think of a faster way besides pissing off a mob boss to get your ass kicked in prison. Yeah, right. You're surrounded by hardened criminals and you just robbed a bank. And not even, like, a hardcore bank, just a Chase. just Just yeah. a Chase bank.
1: And I don't think he made away with any money.
0: He didn't. He didn't get yeah, the money. He, he didn't get the girl.
1: <laughs> All he got were charges. Yeah, right? So... He actually received a lot of fan mail in jail after the movie came out, and many from people who actually supported his cause. Many people heard the story, like the Tumblr girls
0: I was heard the story
1: of like, this dude uh, robbed the bank for his uh, partner's sex change operation. It's like, ooh, but there's like other... Oh, that's so
0: sweet.
1: It sounds nice if you just say that. It sounds nice, but also... If you don't say anything about
0: what happened before or after... Yeah, and how trembling
1: he is. Um, so, <laughs> the movie, like I said, stars Al Pacino as Wodowitz, who in the movie is called Sonny Wart- Wartiz? Wartix? I, I didn't... Confession, I didn't see the movie. Alright, give um, me a I second. Because I didn't know what it was about
0: until now. I, I, I um, do remember my dad watching this movie when I was a kid, because my dad likes these kinds of movies, but I can't remember off yeah, the top is, of my this head. Yeah, this seems like a dad movie for some reason
1: it's um it, but john
0: it, it, oh, it's it's a dad movie i'll tell you that much
1: john Cazale, uh one of pacino's co-stars in the godfather plays Sal trally elizabeth mm-hmm. eden who is known as leon in the film was portrayed by chris uh sarandon
0: yes and susan sarandon's ex-husband aka that's what i was thinking prince humperdink in the princess bride no
1: i totally forgot company, about that company
0: company company it, it is it is Princess i swear to god Cop. <laughs>
1: it's a great movie it's, a classic movie. it's such
0: a, it's such a good movie i was just i i've been venting about how good it is to michael it's one of my favorites
1: oh, it's not a true crime movie but i wish we could talk about it it's just the part where the guy goes, is what brings us together today may oh, or may not just, be
0: slipping taylor however yeah. much it
1: takes it's probably going to be said at my wedding ceremony because of how iconic it is. But anyway. It's got um, So in 1975, Wodowitz wrote a letter to the New York Times out of concern that people would believe the story version, the movie version of the events, uh, which he saw is only 30% accurate. Hmm. Wodowitz's main objection was the inaccurate portrayal of his wife, Carmen Bilfoco, as a plain overweight woman whose behavior led to his relationship with Eden when in fact he had left Bifolko two years before he had met eden so he didn't want people to think that carmen was just some woman that he like needed to cheat on and like he wasn't happy with their relationship it's just that like he wanted something else like they didn't want he didn't want people to think bad of her which i guess is admirable
0: maybe i mean that's fair but I will say that I think that's ironic that he thinks this is only thirty percent of the story, which yeah. you'll probably get to, and if you don't, I will. Um, so, other concerns were that um,
1: it was fictionalized in the movie, uh, where he had never spoken to his mother, and that the police refused to let him speak to his wife Carmen, which they did. Um, in addition, the movie insinuated that Wodowitz had sold out neutrality to the police and although Wodowitz claimed that this was untrue several attempts were made on his life following um an inmate screening of the movie so people were kind of pissed that they they thought like he let sound neutrality die pretty much right um praised pacino and sarandon's characterizations of himself and elizabeth eden as accurate in 2006, in an interview, uh, the movie's screenwriter, Frank Pearson, said that he tried to visit Wodowitz in prison many times to get more details about the story uh, when he wrote the screenplay, but Wodowitz refused to see him because he felt he was not paid enough money for the rights to his story. Either way, the film was very successful, receiving good reviews and winning the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay um, yep. at the 1976 um, Oscars. Yep. so i
0: mean clearly it wasn't that bad of a story
1: no and like i said like 95 percent on rotten tomatoes after how many years it came out in 1975 like that's a a lot of time for people to see and review this movie and people are like yeah still holds up still good it's the power of the humperdink
0: it's true yep Anywho, I can't keep a straight face with you. Um, Yeah, I do remember this. And I remember all the girls on Tumblr and in the true crime Facebook groups and everything going in about how supportive he was and what a good guy he was. And then like a week later, everybody taking it back. Everybody elaborating on the story and saying, hey, I learned something. It's not this.
1: (laughs) To be completely honest, one of those like dumb facebook share things is for where i first heard about yep. his story yep same so, yeah so i was very intrigued from that like little snippet that i
0: saw so i was like hmm who is this person and what and do they do i'll be honest well i i guess you could call this being honest um when i saw him because that was the thing too was like he was supportive he was like open-minded and he was hot yeah and at about the same time that it came out that he was not as good a dude as everybody at first glance thought he was yeah also other photos of him came out and while he definitely worked his angles and the whole like bad boy tortured soul yeah look with the biting of the lip in his mugshot mugshot thank you i was gonna call them headshots and i was like no no <laughs> not quite. that's not it not it no 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 um yeah other photos paint a much different picture <laughs> i don't yeah. know if it's because he was next to eden who even pre-op looked like a goddess yeah but there was
1: a there was an interview like a black and white interview i think with um that uh randy wicker guy that i had talked about that actually bothered to talk to everyone involved in the case and she sat down with him uh, for an interview and just looked, like, fucking gorgeous. And I'm like, girl, get
0: it. Gorgeous and also pre-op, I guess, because I didn't mean to say that she was pretty despite not having her operation. What I mean yeah, is yeah, that she was it. passing. She she looked like he just picked up a model off a runway in scandinavia and just and you look at them together and you're like how why yeah. it's like it's like chrissy brinkley and, jo- and billy joel it's like yeah, that but whole also thing.
1: but also i mean obviously i'm not part of uh this community but i feel like the drag community has come uh a lot f- farther since 1971 when uh elizabeth eden was um starting drag and like there are some photos of old drag that looks uh, rudimentary and not as refined as it does now. But Elizabeth Eden looks like she has got her shit on lock and mm-hmm. knows how to do her fucking whole
0: look and is gorgeous. Knows her and, angles beyond a mugshot.
1: Yeah, and it's very sad that like her story kind of just got like sucked in with John Wodowitz and like she couldn't get out
0: yeah and that and that he his story took precedence over hers because hers is in my opinion far more interesting, like yes, we have a white man, okay, what hardships has he faced <laughs> like I mean she's was- seen some shit, she's dealt with some shit, <clears throat>
1: yeah, and she kind of had to answer all the questions for him. It was mostly about like his motives and his um uh- Maybe feeling indebted to him that like she had to keep answering those questions instead of like what the struggle is for uh, a trans person in the early '70s. Like, yeah, that's
0: kind of a more interesting story, I think. And I think than... it could have done a lot more in terms of progressiveness.
1: And like I know we're still battling with this today, but yes. she she was played by, as far as I know, straight white man mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. in the depiction of her story
0: mm-hmm. well, so you know.
1: i mean that's troubling
0: yeah it's it's eddie redmayne all over again i'm telling you
1: yeah i mean the, then there's that the argument is like yeah the story's not being told by the the person it should be told but the story's being told
0: i don't yes, know yes i that's, I, that's I, a whole
1: argument though
0: i think it depends on the era in my opinion like for example back then being a member of the lgbtqia community being trans being like yourself quite honestly that was not something it was a lot more dangerous back then so for them to go out and find a trans actress to portray eden a trans woman i mean i i I can understand that it might be difficult in terms of trying to find somebody because they they if we if you say, hey, we had a trans woman play this character because the character is a trans woman. Yeah,
1: I don't can think you it would have been praised as much then as it is expected now.
0: Oh, I think that the woman would have ended up, if not vilified, dead or
1: sadly made fun of like, used as, like, like a prop, pretty much. Treated
0: like, yes, treated like a token or a a sideshow or something. Not given the respect she would have deserved. Not saying it's right, but saying maybe it was for the best. Depending. I don't know. if you've heard about this
1: case, like, from the Facebook shares or, like, Tumblr posts, it's like, don't thirst after Ted Bundy when you could thirst after this hot mug shot of a guy that tried to help his wife um the only hot photo so of him i promise it's you like
0: yeah if watch the documentary <laughs> he's he doesn't
1: he doesn't get he, better
0: with age i was about to say he is not a fine wine i know he, that much just from google searches he ages like a, a burger king piece hamburger. of cheese that too no because burger king hamburgers have so much shit in them that they look exactly the same 30 years later (laughs) (laughs) that
1: that is true um but
0: But i understand your
1: point maybe we educated you a little bit on the troublesome nature of this case um again sorry for last week hopefully (laughs) it's fixed on all platforms and you'll hear this and be like what i don't even know Um, please god Please let there be some of you. <laughs> Please let there be sound. Um, some,
0: one of our listeners, um, I was talking to her the other day and she actually said to me, she was like, I'm sorry, I've fallen a bit behind. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. Everything's don't fine. catch up. Don't worry about <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, thank you to all of the people that messaged us and emailed us to let yes. us know that there were technical issues. Oh, God. Uh, thank you so much. Because uh, we wouldn't have known. <laughs> no, I knew I knew pretty early on and like I said, it takes the RSS feed a while to update. Yeah. So it was fixed by the time a lot of people message us, but uh obviously if anything like that ever happens again, you are our ears. So let us know and we will fix it ASAP and get corrected audio up. Yep. Um as soon as we can. Yes. Uh you can go to our website. I've been slacking on updating it. But um, I have spent part of today updating it, and it is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. You can find all of our information there, and in our About section, you can find all of the links to our social media. We have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and all of those platforms you can message us on. We'll message you back in a timely fashion. And if you want to just email us, um, you can at crimeculturepod at gmail.com. And you can join our Patreon. I know times are hard, so if you don't have the funds, don't worry please, about it. You yes, know what you please can do don't instead? force yourself. But if you don't if you want to support us and you don't have the money to support us, you can write us a review on Amen. any stre- on any streaming service that allows reviews. Right now I know uh you can leave comments on our Podbean, which mm-hmm. we are now hosted by Podbean, so go and Surprise. do that. We love them um and you can review on obviously apple podcasts which would be greatly helpful in um getting us higher on charts so more people can hear us so please
0: please if, if you, you like us that, and you think others should that's the exactly. way to do it
1: or share share the podcast around sure, let yeah. people know Share i know a caring. lot of people during quarantine are looking for new things to listen to I know I personally am binging every episode that I can on the uh, Scrubs Rewatch podcast. A mm-hmm. real, do- uh, fake doctors, real friends.
0: Yes. And it's very, very good. It's so cute. Um, and they released their theme song as a ringtone. It's perfect. Just, just going to put that out there. Yeah. Will we do this? Um, Who knows?
1: Oh, that'd be cool. Because our theme song uh, composer, Michael, made the greatest theme song.
0: Some have even called it totally twerkable. It wasn't me,
1: believe it or not. If you uh, want to take a video of yourself dancing to our theme song and post it on your Instagram story and tag us, we will share it because that is my favorite thing. It's a, if there's a dog, delight. If there's a dog or a baby involved, you get extra points. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. These are trying so, times, people. Yes, I need some entertainment, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, you know what's another fun thing? Fan art.
0: Yes. Yeah. You would have gotten some in a minute. Not that I'm not that I'm being a choosing beggar. I'm just I just commented on that because you mentioned it and I was like, oh yeah, that exists. If you want to draw
1: what you think uh, we look like, or Mo, or our setup, our quarantine setup, going insane, uh, I would greatly appreciate that. So I think we've babbled on long enough. This was kind of an extension. of our um pride month series we're easing back into
0: regular h- scheduled hetero-, hetero month i don't know what do we <laughs> Ew, i don't like that i don't like i don't like it I, generally speaking i don't like yeah. much hetero things
1: we're gonna but- do we're gonna do um a lot more um We're going to do some well-known cases, but we're also going to do some more obscure ones. We're going to get some different countries in here. We're going to get some different religions. We're going to get some different races. We're not going to talk about straight white men murdering white women. So get ready for that. Not that we always did that anyway. I mean, we've talked about a lot of uh, international cases and a lot of different people in different circumstances. So hopefully we are a diverse podcast. I don't know.
0: Either way, this is a peek as to what's in store we're halfway through the year so we'll give a halfway update i know it made me really depressed to hear that i know i know it hurt me too trust yeah the tweet
1: um we're halfway through 2020 and i think i've enjoyed 12 days that
0: resonated with me (laughs) hardcore i think i remember 12 days all my days run together truly (sighs) truly somebody somebody told us the other day that they figure out what day of the week it is based on what podcast has been released. And th- only then did I realize that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay. Must be this day. Like I do it. I do it.
1: Yeah. I even have my, uh, my work alarm like scheduled. So I know I don't have to like turn on the alarms. Remember? Yeah, so if the alarm goes off one morning, I was like, Oh, I have to go to work. Oh, it's a Wednesday <sighs> <Yeah>. already. <laughs> anyway, like yeah, I said, we we've babbled, babbled too enough. long. Yep. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Ah.
0: Bye. Okay, bye.